Hi there. You're about to enjoy a recording made in Wellspring Church. We're glad you've connected with us online. And of course, you can follow us on social media, even download the Wellspring app. But much better than this is meeting in person. We would love to welcome you to one of our services in a congregation near you. As you listen to this recording, know that we are praying for you to be encouraged, inspired, and given wisdom from heaven to live life to the full as Jesus intended and bring transformation to your world with his amazing love. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Okay, it's working now. That was a very long introduction. And if you had not mentioned my name, I would actually not think you were talking about me. <laughs> yeah, it's been a wonderful family here. And um, yeah, Tim and Ellen are wonderful people that wants to see people grow, wants to be, see people fulfilled in the Lord. And uh, I think we just give them a round of applause as well. Yeah. I'm happy because um, Ellen asked us three, the question, there are three things that we're grateful for. And I think there are grateful people here because I could hear people saying things of how grateful they are. Um, he's dropping to some people saying, I thank God for life. Is that right? How many people did that? That you thank God for life? The Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. How many people try to give him praise every morning? Many times we fail to count our blessings because we think our blessings don't count. But when we are thankful people, we will give him praise because he has done so wondrous things. I don't know about you, but I've seen so many reasons to give thanks to God. If you are like me, just say a word to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm just grateful. Lord, I just thank you. I just worship you because of who you are. Not because of what you've done, what you're doing, or what you're about to do, but because of who you are. You are God and God alone. There is none like you. We bless you, Lord, with a heart of gratitude, O oh God. And as we share your word, let the word of my mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh God. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, if you've been coming to church in the last six weeks, or you've been attending online, I'm sure you um, would have been following Living for Jesus series. How many people have been following Living for Jesus? I believe that's the ultimate thing for us because we are to live for Christ, to know God, and to make him known. That is the purpose of our existence, and to give him pleasure, and to give him praise. For his is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. And we be belong to the kingdom of heaven. We are like ambassadors on the earth. We are, Bible says we are ambassadors for Christ, and we are to reconcile the world to Christ. That's our mission on earth. So, we've been dealing with Matthew chapter 6, 19 to 34. I don't want to bore you because it's a very long one. But basically, it's talking about not being worried. We should not lay treasure up for ourselves on earth, but we should do in heaven. So David came and he spoke to us about wise and foolish builder. The Bible says that uh, whoever hears the word is like a wise man who build his house upon the rock. So you hear the word, you do it. The Bible likens you to a wise man. So if you hear the word and you do not do it, I won't say you're not wise, but you'll be wise if you do it, okay? 
Then Steph came in and said, purity and holiness produces. Then after that, we had Russell, and he talked about accountability and honesty. Then after that, um, Yeti came and preached on repentance and forgiveness. And she served us with some bitter pills. I'm not sure how many people took the pills. Even though it was bitter, but we managed to take it anyway. And so Paul came last week and he spoke about servanthood. And that was splendid. And so they've made the job easy for me because I just ran up everything. <laughs> I just uh, say that that's contentment. So today, uh, I've been asked to speak on contentment. Contentment. I'm sure what comes to mind or a scripture that comes to your mind is like godliness with contentment is great gain. The Bible says that God by his power has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. So when he has given us everything, then what are we looking for? He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things should be added unto you. So why do we worry? Like Tim said the other day, why do we worry? Is it for lack of trust? Is it because we don't trust God enough? Is it because we think God cannot do it? The Bible says he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think or imagine according to the power that works within us. God is awesome. He's our father. He said, before you asked, I already know. So why do we worry? But as human beings, we still worry about things that we need. I want us to open our heart this morning to take the word and use it. Don't just hear the word. The Bible describes the word of God as the mirror. I'm sure women will understand when it is a mirror because they use it a lot. Yeah, so, you know, they, they, they go in there and lay the moisturizer to prepare the land, yeah? <laughs> because the word of God is a seed and you sow it on the land. So they prepare the land of their faces and they put some primer there, yeah? And when they put the primer, what do they check in the mirror to see if the primer is okay, yeah? Amen? <laughs> then, they come back and correct it, yeah? And they add some liquid foundation. And after that, they check it again to be sure that everything is okay. Okay? That's what the word of God is to. We need to conform to the standard of the word of God. So all these teachings we've been having... It's not just for us to hear them and just disappear and we just forget about it. The Bible says a man who does the word is wise. So we need to be wise in practicing and doing the word of God. And just like I said, use the mirror of the word to compare the standard of what you do in life. So I would always use the word, what would Jesus do? W-W-J-D. Is that right? Yeah. What would Jesus do? So when we consider that every time, then we'll be able to conform to the image and the likeness of the Son of God. Amen. Amen. So the topic for today is contentment. And I said, godliness with contentment is great gain. We are easily swept away by material things because we live in this world. So we would definitely... Uh, yeah, look around and see what we don't have. Most of the time, it's not because we don't have. It's because we want something that other people have. 
But God said he has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. So, I want to ask you a question. How much do you think that if we give you now, you will not need anything anymore? Because I know someone in my group that said, all he's looking for is just about two million pounds. And that everything will be all right. Thank God the person is not here. I'm not going to say he or she. So you won't guess who that is. How much? Can somebody give me rough figures? 10 million, 5 million, 20 million? Oh, we don't want money in this church. <laughs> 5 million. Okay. <laughs> okay, Carla. <laughs> the economist said human wants is insatiable. When you have one, you want to have another one. I remember when I was about to turn 40, and I'm not that old. She said, oh, you said I was 21, okay? Okay. When I was going to be 40, I said, I want a Jaguar. <laughs> so, the moment I decided I wanted a Jaguar, every car I see on the road looks like Jaguar. Has it happened to you guys? Oh, my goodness. And I will be driving and I will be looking at the Jaguar passing by. I almost, almost had an accident on some occasion. So every car became a Jaguar. And I will be looking. So eventually, I got it a few weeks before my 40th birthday. So I packed it and covered it. I didn't use it. Everybody I look at the car, so you're still there. Okay. So the big day came, I used the car. And I was expecting some different feeling. But after I got the car, I was not satisfied. As a matter of fact, before I started driving it, I would go in the car every day, turn on the radio, sit down there, switch on the AC, enjoy the car. The only thing I didn't do was to sleep in the car. <laughs> but after I got it, then I discovered it doesn't satisfy. Material things don't satisfy. It's only God. Because godliness with contentment, it's great gain. I walked into a 90-year-old woman the other day, and she was not looking too good. I said, what's going on, ma'am? She said, I'm not good. I said, what is it? What's the problem? She said, I want a new body. 90-year-old <laughs> woman wanting a new body. That shows how much we want in life. We are never satisfied. And it's not because we are not spiritual. It's just because of the human nature. That's the way we are made. We are always looking for that which we do not have. So let me define contentment as I wrote here. It says, contentment comes from focusing on the Lord as a sufficient one who I must trust. It is an inner sense of rest or peace that comes from being right with God and knowing that God is in control of what that happens to me. It means having our focus on the kingdom of God and serving him, not on the love of money and things. If God grants us material comfort, we can thankfully enjoy them, knowing that it all comes from him, his loving hand, but also we seek to use it for his purpose by being generous. If it takes our riches, our joy remains steady. Because we are fixed on him. Amen. 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 I had a story, I saw a story recently about the, this bird called Crow. Do you have the picture there? Let's see what it looks like. 
Okay, no one's got a picture. All right, that's fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the crowd was sad one day, feeling bad and rejected, thinking, I only have one color, I'm so boring, I'm dark. And he was complaining, and he saw the swan, and he said, oh, you look so beautiful, swan. And I just look boring and ugly. You must be a very happy bird. And the swan said, yes, to some point. After a while, I start thinking otherwise. When I saw the parrot, and I realized I'm not beautiful. Parrot is so beautiful. Oh, he must be the happiest bird on earth. And he told the parrot, and the parrot said, yes, actually, I used to be very happy, and I used to think that I'm the happiest bird on earth. And he said, but I don't feel like that anymore. Said, Why? What's the problem? I wish I'm like you. And the parrot said, until I saw the peacock. And went to the peacock and said, oh, peacock, you look so beautiful, so amazing. I don't think there's any bird that looks as beautiful as you. You must be very lucky because um, the crowd found him in the zoo and saw thousands of people coming to see. You know how people crowd around? Yeah, so they were looking at the peacock. And you know the way the peacock would spread and just entice everybody and just take their breath away. And was telling the peacock, and peacock, yes, yeah, that's true, that's true. Hundreds of people come here, but I thought I was happy. Until one day I was actually thinking about you, the crowd. So what about the peacock said, I looked into the old zoological garden and I was looking for every bird. And I saw every bird present in the zoo apart from the crowd. Which means you have your freedom. You are not caged like I'm caged here, 247. And people are coming around to look at me. So even though you think you're not beautiful, but you are free. Yeah. And I'm looking for freedom. I'm caged here. Everybody comes morning, day, and night. They come here to see me. So that is contentment. If you appreciate where you are. I saw a book many years ago. It's the title of the book is Enjoy where you are on the way to where you are going. I think that's the secret of enjoying where you are. So the meaning of commitment is the state of being happy and satisfied. The state of being happy and satisfied. There's worldly contentment and there's godly contentment. We need to have both. We need to have both. You know, if you have few shirts, it's very easy for you to just pick one out of the five. But if you have like, I used to have few shoes, but I don't know what happened at some point in my life. It looks like the only thing I see in stores is shoes. And I just started buying shoes until I had more than enough. So if I'm actually competing with my wife now with shoes. <laughs> and guess what? There are some of them I've not even put on in like three, four years. And the, the bad part of it is where you want to decide which one you want to wear. It will take you very long time to decide what shoe you're wearing. So I end up wearing almost the same shoes every time. <laughs> For those who have seen me a few times, you will know this shoe, I wear it every time. And I have more than 30 shoes. <laughs> it's just comfortable. So let me show you the things that we do to ourselves when we are uncontent. The Bible calls it a sin. And let me show you why it is a sin. Number one, it's a manifestation of pride. 
it shows that you're saying, what you have given me, Lord, I deserve more than that. And that was what happened in the Garden of Eden. When Eve and Adam were there, and they were enticed with the fruit, that they should a forbidden fruit, which was pleasing to the eye, good for them, and yeah, and uh, profitable for wisdom. So they wanted to be very wise. So that's pride, because God has given them every other tree in the garden, apart from one. Can you imagine? You have everything except one, but it is that one that you don't have, that you always want. I think that's the way we are designed, but we need to consciously call God back into our life. Yeah. So it means that I deserve better than God has given me. You're saying, I want more. This is not enough. And that's the same thing that happened to Satan, why he fell from heaven. Yeah. Because of pride. He wanted to be like God. Because he sees the angels worshipping. He wants to be like God. He wants to be worshipped as well. So he was cast out of heaven because of pride. The second expression is rebellion. Just like I said about the devil. He was rebellious about God or against God and he was cast out of heaven. So we should be very careful against being discontent. And the next one is ingratitude. The Bible says in all things, give thanks. For this is the will of God concerning you. In everything you do, give thanks. Because if you are faithful over little, God will give you more. Thanksgiving is the heart of God. When you give him thanks... He raises us up because we elevate him, we make him big, even though he's very big already. Our calling him big doesn't make him bigger, okay? But it just makes us more conscious of who he is, all right? So, ingratitude. So, the next one is the competition. Yeah. Competition. We want to compete. We want to have something that somebody, because somebody just bought a brand new house, you want to buy another one, you know? And unfortunately... We spend the money we don't have, yeah, to buy the things we don't need, to impress the people we don't like. (laughs) Yeah, that's what we do. Because you just find out, okay, after all, Israel asked for a king. Not because they were being ruled by kings. They were prophets and judges in Israel. But because they saw the neighboring nations, and they said, yeah, we want a king as well. And we all know the story. It didn't work out for them because they were not designed to have a king rule over them until God gave them David eventually. So we need to be careful about this. And also, discontent, the sin, another sin is murmuring. I'm sure we can get it from the Israelites. This guy came out of Egypt very excited, very happy. And when he came, they sang, I always sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider has been thrown into the sea. And he was so excited. But just one tiny problem. No water. And they said, why did you bring us here to kill us? You could have left us in Egypt so that we can eat cucumbers if they've never eaten cucumber again before. You know, there are some things that you actually be tired of. If you give me a mango now, I've had enough to last a lifetime. So I don't want to eat mango. (laughs) You know? So they should have eaten enough cucumber 
in Egypt that they don't want cucumber anymore. But they said, well, you should have left us to eat more cucumber and suffer more. <laughs> <laughs> they complained, they murmured. And the journey of 40 years, sorry, 40 days became 40 years. When we complain, when we murmur against God in discontent, it could strengthen the journey that should be shorter for us because we are not looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. So Tim spoke extensively about worry, so I'm not going to talk about worry, okay? But I'll go to the part two now of what a content Christian or attribute of a contented Christian. Is that right? Good. Be grateful. Be grateful. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Because he's been good, we need to be grateful. When God does something for us, it's not because we are holy. It's not because we are better than other people. It's because of his loving kindness. And sometimes we are too quick to just forget about his benefit. The Bible especially tells us not to forget his benefit. You remember the ten lepers when Jesus was passing through, um, was it Jericho? Yeah, he was passing through Jericho and Samaria. And the ten lepers, you know, they were standing afar because they're not allowed to move closer to people. So they came to Jesus for healing. And guess what? They were all healed. The ten of them were healed. And guess what happened? Just one of them came back to say thank you. And Jesus said, oh, okay. Why not ten lepers healed? He said, yes, where is the others? Or where are the others? They could not be found. And Jesus said, go. You have been made whole. The rest were healed. But they were not made whole. There is difference between being healed and being made whole. So for us to be whole, we need to be grateful. Yeah. When God does something for you, come back to say, thank you, Lord, so that you can be made whole. Yeah. Amen. The second point is a content Christian or contented Christian is humble. It's humble. Because, let me read, Romans 12, chapter, verse 3, says, And because of God's gracious gift to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you should. Instead, be modest in your thinking. Yeah. So the next one is be trustful. Content Christian is trustful. Sammy said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not, not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So when you trust in the Lord, in the light of his word, there's a glory that song says it sheds on your path. So you need to trust in the Lord in the light of his word because the word of God is a light. So when you trust him, he shares the light in your path. So your lines are straight. Your lines are visible. You are walking in the direction that God wants you to walk in. So when we trust him, we are confident that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think or imagine according to the power that works within us. You remember the story of the three Hebrew children in Daniel chapter 3, 16? And they were about to be thrown into the fairy furnace. And they said, O king, we are not careful to speak to you in this manner. 
Because we have a God that is bigger than situation. We know our God will come and rescue us. Will come and save us in your fiery furnace. But what did they say after that? That's the most interesting part of it. Even if he did not save us, we will still not serve you about your God. That's absolute trust. When we trust the Lord, we know there's nothing he cannot do. He's got you. He's got your back. My daughter, when, one of my daughters, when she was very young, she'll be telling her friends, my dad can do anything. My dad can do everything. There's nothing my, I'm telling you, and I'll be thinking, if this girl knows. <laughs> you know? So the next point is a contented Christian is thankful. I say grateful, humble, trustful, and thankful. When you are thankful, allow me to say this, your tank will be full. <laughs> we need to be thankful. Be thankful unto him and bless his holy name, for he is worthy to be praised. Psalm 100, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all you land. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come to his presence with singing. Know ye that he is Lord. He who has made us. We are the sheep of his pasture. Come into his presence with thanksgiving. Enter his court with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his holy name. For he is worthy to be praised. Sometimes we don't count our blessings because we think our blessings don't count. Let me say that again. We don't count our blessings because we think our blessings don't count. Let me give us this summary that I put together. Oh, before I get there. Okay, I'm jumping ahead of myself now. So the next point is for us to be God-conscious and kingdom-minded. When you are a contented Christian, you are more God-conscious and you are kingdom-minded. Like I said earlier on, the reason why we are saved is to serve him. And until we make God our Lord and Savior, God can be your Savior and not be your Lord. Do we get it? You are saved, right? You come forward, we lead you to Christ. God is your savior. Jesus has saved you. But it might not be your Lord. Lord is someone that you obeyed. When he says go, you go. When he says come, you remember the centurion who said, I'm a man of authority. I said to this one, go and they go. So just speak the word and I know that my servant will be healed. So if he's your Lord, then if he says, don't worry, you wouldn't worry. That's why Jesus was sleeping in the boat when there was storm. Because he's the prince of peace. That's why he just came out. He didn't, he was not speaking in tongues for 15 minutes. <laughs> what did he say? He just said, peace. Be still because he's the prince of peace. So no pressure. <laughs> so just speak the word. So when we make God our first, then our light will be straight. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Paul, after he has written over three quarters of the New Testament, he said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Imagine somebody who has written three quarters of the New Testament. He still wants to know him. So where are we? Where are we? Let our light be so shine that people will see our Father in us. We are the lights of the world, a city that is set upon the hills cannot be hidden. Amen. So, so our purpose in the kingdom is knowing him and making him known. 
knowing him is just not enough. But when we know him, we should make him known. That's when you become a contented Christian. Then we need to hunger and thirst after righteousness. That's why in Beatitude is a blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Sing to him, talk to him and say, as a deer pants after the waters, so my soul pants after you. Love the Lord with all your heart. The, uh, that is one thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I look after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. So, Bible says, therefore we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness. We should lay aside every weight, everything that is disturbing us from seeing him and looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Paul said, forgetting the things that are behind, that I have achieved, everything I have done, I press forward towards the mark of the high calling because that he wants a desire to serve God, a heart after Christ. So in summary, let me say a thankful heart, or sorry, a contented person is like a harvest of peace is produced from a seed of contentment. Let me say that again. A harvest of peace is produced from a seed of contentment. Contentment is not the fulfillment of what you want, but the realization of how much you already have. Contentment makes poor men rich. Discontent makes rich men poor. Contentment is a realization that life is a gift and not a right. Contentment is natural wealth. Luxury is artificial poverty. When you are grateful for the smallest things in life, contentment just flow. Happiness isn't about getting what you want all the time. It's about loving what you have and being grateful for it. The reasons we don't count our blessings, I said that, is because we think our blessings don't count. Practice gratitude. It is impossible to develop contentment without gratitude. They are inseparable. And lastly, take control of your attitude, attitude of gratitude. Be thankful so your thank may be full. Amen. Amen. Let's just give God thanks. Let's rise on our feet and give God thanks. Thanks for listening to this recording. We hope it has encouraged you, challenged you, and more than anything, that you've heard the voice of God and been aware of His presence with you wherever you are. Do share with us any answers to prayer or get in touch if there is any way we can help you further on your journey with God. Come and see us on Sunday or you can email us at admin at wellspring-church.org. May God be near you and his peace be yours for the remainder of this day. In Jesus' name, amen.